Trading Nut, episode 11. So trying master backtesting. Whatever platform you do, whatever method you use, because I don't think you can, you should be trading unless you have mastered backtesting. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Michael Grech on the show. Now, Michael is, I think, just this week or the last week, he is was at the Traders Expo. So basically, this is like being at the Traders Expo and listening to Michael's talk. No doubt it's probably going to be more interesting on the podcast. So guys, it's coming up. This guy's an algorithmic trader who's got a lot of experience with strategies and which strategies work. So you're going to hear that. And at the end of the show, he actually gives us a trading strategy, which I have put up in the uh, in the members area. So if you're not a member yet, if you're listening to this, you're not a member, jump onto tradingnut.com. You'll find a place to put your email address in, put your email in there, and you'll get the Trading Nut bonus gifts. And it's not just this strategy. There's a whole bunch of other ones in there as well. Um, and free little giveaways that are part of the Trading Nut community. So jump over there, leave your email and you'll get access to the strategy he mentions at the end of the show and also all those other ones as well. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, it's coming up to the end of the year, and I want to do something a bit different in 2019 to, I suppose, give you guys a little bit of, a little bit more entertainment in your trading week, trading day. So what I want to do is I want to ask, or put the call out there, and not just yet, but I'm going to let you know what it is. It's not just yet, but I'm going to let you know. I'm going to put the call out there soon to find three traders who want to basically fundamentally overhaul their trading in 2019. And I don't care if you're a stock trader, Forex, futures, options, what have you. Let me know, and I'll tell you when. It'll be coming up in the next few episodes, so keep an ear to the ground for that. Let me know, and I will uh, I will do my best to pair you up with a great mentor and We'll track your progress across the course of the year. Now, guys, this is going to be in your earbuds. You're going to listen to whoever these traders are, their progress across the course of the year. Look, it could be you. We're going to see if we can take these guys from wherever they are now to something great. So stay tuned for that. It's coming up on on the airwaves soon, how to actually enter. And there'll be a bit of a prize draw to work out who these guys are. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is there's a good, good chance there is going to be a trading nut trading competition coming up as well. So stay tuned for that in the new year. In actual fact, I'll be announcing that soon as well. Hopefully, if it goes ahead, it's looking very likely. So if you are a trader out there who thinks you've got the ability to really nail things over a six-week period, then 
why not have a go and win a pot of cash at the end of it okay so stay tuned for that that's on the agenda if things go well we're going to make sure that happens and um and i'll tell you what it's going to be absolutely exciting to see how everyone um everyone progresses through this trading competition it's always great to see these things how these things progress and there should be a bit of background to some of the contestants maybe we'll get some of the guys who've been on the show actually in there and and um showing what they know how to showing what they do in a in a controlled environment so that we can actually get a feel for um how good some of these guys really are now that's number two number three is if you're looking to to get started in something, if you're looking to basically, I suppose in a in a simple way, take all the expertise that's been dropped on the show and filtered through me and put onto a price chart, then head over to tradingnut.com, sign up to the Robot Traders Club. You don't just get a monthly robot, but you also get access to, well, you get two free bonus sessions with a proven, well, actual fact, my trading mentor two free bonus sessions and you get access to the private chat room with other top traders with a bunch of guys in there chatting about trading dropping their trades you you learn through that osmosis being in that chat room with those guys if you ask the right questions all right folks so you just jump over there it's an absolutely fantastic deal to get in and get these bonuses you won't believe how low the price is okay now Let's get on with the interview with Michael. And remember, he was at Traders Expo. So this is going to be gold, guys. Listen to it, soak it up, take notes. And to get the show notes and get everything, there's a link in the description. So jump over there, click the link, and you'll head on to that show notes page where you can read the quotes from the interview, the best quotes, and also, also, also sign up and get access to that uh, strategy that he dropped at the end of the show. So you'll see that on a chart marked up. All right, folks, um, see you in there. All right, folks, so we've got Michael Grech on the show. It's, he's from Quantopolis, and uh, he's over there in Calgary in Canada. And we just had a quick chat about the weather. How's it going over there, Michael? It's, it's going good, Cam. How are you? Oh, great. Thank you very much. You're, you're my interview number two of the day, so I've got three today. I'm just cramming oh, wow. them all in. Busy, busy man. Yeah, yeah. So my, my mind's you know, exploding with all this information that I'm getting. It was quite an interesting one I just did before. Um, yeah. So today we're going we're gonna to hear your story and get some insights into your trading. So, I mean, to start things off, how, do you, uh, how did you get into this gig? I mean, I've, I read your background and stuff. It's, quite an extra, it's actually quite an interesting journey. So tell the listeners how it all, all went. Yes, it, it is a bit of an interesting journey. I was uh, I went to school for geophysics, so I have a couple of degrees in geophysics, and then I worked in the oil and gas industry for a while, and then uh, that was in in Houston and in Canada, and then I had just gotten married, and I came back to Canada, and uh, about a year or so later, my wife and I started a business. It was actually a food business which we sold um, around four years later in 2009. So then uh, by that time, you know, this whole um, little recession there or the big depression, whatever they call it, in 2008 had happened. And so I was watching my uh, investments. I had been investing for about 10 years or so, and uh, I had nothing to show for it. So then I decided I need to do something here and I need to start taking care of my own investments and taking a more active approach to my investment. So eventually that led to trading, but that's, that's how it all started. 
Righty ho. So, so I suppose how to, can you talk us through that journey into trading? So, you know, active. You're looking at getting a, getting a bit more active in your investments, trying to find a better way to do it. How did that all transpire? Tell us right, story. right, right. Well, well, it was like 2008, 2009, right? And so I had this food business. We used to work late, and in the evening I used to come home and I used to watch the news and look at the markets and and look at my portfolio and like I wasn't happy with the way things were going so I decided okay what can I do so just watching the markets uh, day to day I started making some observations about stocks and and uh, how to invest and started reading I read Warren Buffett's biography and learning about value investing and I said okay I can do this so at first in the beginning I used to look for like uh, underpriced stocks or value stocks kind of like the Warren Buffett philosophy. And I did that for a few years, and I did very well, but it was, of course, 2009, so essentially everything I bought doubled, right? So because 2009 was such a big rally year. And I did that for a couple of years, and then, lo and behold, 2011 came around, and I didn't do so well. And so I realized at that point, you know, I'm not Warren Buffett. I, I, I don't have the inclination to spend hours and hours reading company fundamentals and reports and financials. So I am, I, I am, however, a programmer and I do have a programming background. So instead of trying to understand the companies and the fundamentals, I decided to try and take a more quantitative approach to investing. So I had made some observations about the markets and about stock behaviors and and I decided to test that idea and see how it does, and and it did well. And so that was my first strategy that I developed. And from then on, I uh, haven't looked back, and I took a, a quantitative approach to my investments. So that's that's the journey. And can you remember back to what your first strategy was that that did well? Yes, it was a uh, it was a mean reversion strategy. I don't know what the term mean reversion was, but I used to find stocks that are not doing well and essentially rank them and then um, and then buy them every day. I used to buy like some 10 or 20 stocks a day at one point and, and I stopped doing that then because the strategy is fine and it works fine but the problem is when you're buying so many stocks every day your commissions and your slippage are huge. So you know when you have downturns then, then you're gonna get hit pretty hard. So I, I decided to walk away from that after after a few years. I, maybe I traded it, let's see, for four or five years. Uh, of course, in years like 2013, it does very well, but it's, it's very expensive to maintain. And so you want to try and, and control what you can. You can't control what the market is going to do, but you can control your expenses. You can control your slippage. And so you, you need to try and do that whenever you can. Yeah. And so, to, can you give us like some insight into what your trading looks like today? I mean, um, I see you've got a number of sort of strategies that you're trading. I mean, can you give us some detail around, I suppose, them as a whole, and then, then perhaps the best performing one? Yeah. Well, I um, I have a, a basket of strategies now. I uh, I do stocks, I do uh, ETFs, and I do futures, um, and I do do some options uh, from time to time. And I think the the idea, the important thing is like 100% of my portfolio is based on a quantitative approach. I don't have any discretion at all with respect to my strategies. Um, I have a combination of 
um, swing strategies. I have uh, some strategies that hold for a longer period of time, maybe 20 days, 30 days. I have some day strategies that just enter and close during the day or at the beginning and the close of the day. So my whole approach now to investing is you need a basket of strategies that rely on different assumptions so that, so that they are not correlated with each other and you're trying exploit different market um, different market properties, right? So, so the idea is you can try and make money in all different kinds of markets because you're try, relying on different market assumptions. Yeah. Cool. And so that's where I am today. Okay. Yeah. And, and what would be, your, your, I suppose, the rules around when you're creating a strategy? I mean, are you looking at uh, particular risk-to-reward ratios and winning percentages that would sort of, for you, yield like, okay, I'm happy to, to put that on the live, live market? Yes, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. The, the most important thing I look at is the risk-reward ratio. I mean, that is my number one criterion I look at. And the way I define risk-reward ratio is the ratio of the average annual return to the maximum drawdown. Now, I don't use classical uh, trading platforms such as TradeStation or anything like that. I write all my code in Fortran because that's what I know. So. So that, this is how it came about, that this is the criterion, the main criterion I, I choose. And besides that, I also like to look at consistency, right? So you want good year-to-year returns, and also the recovery time is important. But those are the main criteria, the risk-reward and also the um, the consistency year-to-year. So I'd, I'd like to try and find something that has at least a risk-reward uh, value of one or higher, right? So if my goal is to make 30% a year, then I am willing to maybe live with a, a drawdown, maximum drawdown of 30%. Um, so that's kind of what I try to achieve on each individual strategy I trade. Okay, so, so the actual strategy may not have a sort of fixed risk-to-reward ratio. It's just more a case of over the year... Um, and, and the winning percentage, are you you're not that concerned around that? Um, that is, yeah, that's exactly right. I don't use um, a fixed a fixed uh, risk. Like for example, I trade one percent of my capital on that, or or like traditional traders do. Uh, no, I, I look at the maximum drawdown. Uh, having said that, of course, maximum drawdown in the past doesn't mean that the future is not going to be a bigger drawdown. However, um, the way I, I kind of manage that is two ways. First of all, I make sure that when I develop a strategy, I backtest over a very, very long period of time, at least 10 years or more if possible. I have some strategies which I've tested over 20 years or 30 years. And that way, I make sure that the strategy is valid in different market conditions, right? Such as 2008, 2001, 2009, 2011, 2017. You have, to my mind, nine different market uh, conditions, which comprise lower, high, and medium volatility, and then low, I'm going, down, going, and flat markets. So you want to make sure that your strategy is stable in all those market conditions, and uh, yeah, so so that's how I look at it. And then the second thing is that I think about is the um, money management. So, you know, I allocate the amount of risk capital, right? So if I allocate, let's say, $10,000 or $20,000 to a strategy, and I know that the maximum drawdown was, historical drawdown was 30%, then if I have 20%, Assume the maximum drawdown can go a little bit higher, say 50%. My total risk is 10 
10 grand, right? So that's how I manage my risk by knowing what the drawdown is and knowing what the, um, knowing what, how much money I put in it, right? And then if it's something, something, I've done it for my, my quantopoly strategies because those are, use futures and with futures you have to manage them a little bit differently. If you're trading stocks, of course, if you put like $100 in a stock and it goes to zero, you lose uh, hundred, you lose um, hundred dollars, but you still have a share. Okay, let's assume it goes to one dollar. You still have the same amount of shares. So if it recovers, you you are gonna recover your capital with it. But with futures, is a little bit different. So you can't. You need to make sure that when you open and close a futures contract, you can still buy one contract if you started with one contract. So with those strategies, I've did some more thorough studies with statistical studies of like how worth things can get and, and risk of ruin type of calculations to, to, to make sure I have enough capital allocated to the strategy so it can get me to the rough times, you know, besides the historical rough times, also the probabilistic future rough times. And do you have a th any, any extras? So you've got your money management, you've got the, uh, your back testing. Is there anything else? Um, the diversification, of course, right? I mean, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, so each strategy has a certain amount of capital, so if one blows up, then you're not blowing up your whole portfolio. And so how many, that, I think. How many, how many strategies do you have running at any one time? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, Quantopolis has six different strategies, even though four of them are similar, but they apply to different markets and they don't go in and out always at the same time. So it says four value, two momentum strategies. Then I have uh, two-day trading. Then I have, um, oh, let's see, another one that I trade and another one that I trade. So about six in total, yeah. Yeah, about six six right now, yeah. And, and how many trades are running at any one time? Oh, I mean, some days are, you know, some days are quieter. Like I have, I have a, um, for my retirement accounts and my savings accounts, I use, I trade stocks um, in, in my registered accounts. And so that's one strategy, but I have a portfolio of uh, 25, 30 stocks. So it's, it's the same idea, but applied to different stocks. So, so, you know, you have 30 stocks there and then the other strategies can maybe trade one or two instruments at a time. So, you know, you're looking at maybe 30 different instruments if you count each stock as an instrument. I don't, but yeah. And when, you, when yeah. you're coming up with your strategies, are you focused on any particular time frame that you're, you're taking your entries on? Does it, does it work like that? Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, you know, it's easier. Uh, it's easier to find strategies that has a benefit on the longer time frame. So it's easier to find... Uh, as a strategy that makes money, a swing trading strategy that makes money versus a day trading strategy that makes money. The reason being is with day trading, typically, you know, markets don't move as much in one day versus three days or four days or five days, right? So, so and whenever you're trading, you have uh, your barrier, your minimum barrier are your costs of commission and, and uh, slippage. So you have to overcome those. So, the, the more movement you have, the more volatility you have, the better off you are to start with. So I am most, more, like I said, most of my strategies are on a longer time frame. And, and that's, I would recommend that for everybody who wants to start, that's the easier part to take to try and find uh, profitable strategies, you know.
And how many trades in your back tests are you sort of wanting to see to, to validate that the strategy is going to be robust? Well, uh, that's a very good question, and I, I've given that quite a bit of thought. I mean, in terms of statistics, you know, like I, I do have a bit of a mathematical background and, and statistics, and I've done some even simulations, you know, just in simple Excel and just like random number generation, and you, you do between zero and one, and you go to 5,000 simulations versus 10,000 simulations, and you'd be surprised. I mean, even 5,000 simulations sometimes the margin of error is pretty big, and I mean, clearly 10,000 is better. I mean, now in, in practice, I mean, you know, with my type of strategy, I, I, I don't have anywhere near those type of, of, uh, of numbers. Um, so it depends. I think um, it depends on the strategy. I think key, I've come to, I've come to realize that, that, you know, you don't trade in a vacuum. A strategy, a strategy doesn't trade in a vacuum. So... It's very important, even though it's a technical strategy and you have rules to follow, that you have a, a basic understanding of what the strategy is doing, right? Why is it making money? How are you trying to make money? For example, let's talk about the stock indices, right? So say, uh, say you try and do a trend-following strategy on the stock indices. It's very easy to find a, a trend-following strategy on the stock indices, or relatively easy, let's say, if you try and go long. Why? Because the stock indices have a long bias. The stock markets tend to go up over time. But it's much harder, for example, to apply the same strategy to, let's say, gold or forex, or because they don't have any inherent bias like the, like the stock market. So it's, the number of, of trades on its own is, is important, but it's, you have to put it in context. So I have, you know, like I said, I typically look for 10, 10 years of data that cover different markets. And if it's, uh, you know, if the strategy trades, let's say, 30 times a year, was there 200 trades for a swing trading strategy? But I have some, some that have a longer period of time and they trade you know, shorter, like I have maybe 30 trades or 40 trades, but I'm comfortable with them because I, I, I understand the market and, and um, you know, I, I know that the drawdown can be bigger in the future, I'm aware of that, but I understand what the strategy is doing and so I'm comfortable with it and I've seen it, the strategy in bad times and in good times and so I'm comfortable with a lower number of trades. So, you know, it's, it's a bit of a complex uh, answer, I suppose. And are there any markets you avoid trading or don't run your your testing on? Um, hmm, I haven't thought about that. Any markets? What, what do you mean by markets? Uh, can you give me an example? Well, I mean, I, I, maybe trading the, the Mexican peso or something like that, or, or the Polish. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I I would say I would say markets that are not very liquid. You know, I mean for. For a while there, I was looking at some option uh, trading strategies, and which cost me was a very costly uh, lesson for me. And I decided that it's it's not for me because like you trade index options and uh, and they're not very liquid at all. I like being able to go in and out in a second, right? So all the stuff I trade are very very liquid. So if market is not very liquid, it's it's not for me because then. It's very hard to quantify your actual slippage, and yes. then your backtesting might be off. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so what does your typical day look like then, when you're, you know, coming up with strategies or monitoring stuff? How does that work? 
Yeah, well, my day is is pretty easy because I typically take about 20 minutes in the morning to set up. I mean, like I said, all my stuff is quantitative, so the computers do everything. So that 20 minutes is to update my databases, to launch all my systems, and to launch uh, my, my two computers. And then uh, about 15 minutes at the end of the day uh, just to close some positions um, because some, some brokers have some limitations on the conditional orders and stuff, so I, I do have to close some positions by hand, even though all the logic is handled by the computer. So, so yeah, so that's, that's pretty much my training day, and then in between, I can do whatever I want, you know. I mean, if I'm not doing developing, I, I'm, doing, um, I'm doing something else. But, like, the actual training part is easy, right, since everything is, is uh, systematized. And so changing the tone of the interview, not the tone of the interview, changing the question, questioning, um, yeah, we're going to get really mean now. Uh, no, changing the questioning. So what's, what's your view on cryptocurrency trading? I mean, do you, do you, have you tested them? Have you looked at them? Have you considered trading them? I, um, I have thought about it. I have maybe looked at them very briefly. I, I know that uh, CBOE has uh, Bitcoin futures now, so probably if I was to trade something, I would do that. Um, I think there is some opportunity there. I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and he made the comment that everything he tries on cryptocurrency works. And I think the reason for that is that they are very volatile. And for an active trader like me, uh, volatility is your friend. So, so yeah, I think there is, there is opportunity there um, that I haven't investigated. Again, cryptocurrencies are very speculative. Um, Probably more so than than forex is, even though forex I think is eighty percent or ninety percent speculation. But I think there is some fundamentals since it's actually currencies used by by company by by countries and by people. But crypto, you know, I think is is very very speculative. So so I would be hesitant. Um, but I think there is opportunity for for people who are willing to take the risk. Yeah. And just your view on Bitcoin and where you think it might go. It's currently I think around about the four K mark. Okay, well, uh, I would I would quote Warren Buffett on this and say it's gonna go to zero, but that's that's all I know about it. I I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm naive when it goes when it comes to these things. You know, I don't read the news, I don't do anything. So you know, I I have friends who invested in some of this stuff and made money and lost money. I I don't. So yeah, my my um, my opinion I don't think is not worth very much on this subject matter okay so mine not get to zero then guys if it does I'm going to buy it um, not yeah. at zero but before when it gets to one dollar I'll, I'll buy some now in the beginning what do you think made you different from everyone else out there your average trader um, who struggles along you know you had this food business uh, you obviously had a different sort of mindset to go into that as opposed to the you know the nine to five office job I mean yeah what what are you what are the traits you had and, and what actions did you take to really get to the point where you are now i think i think my major difference is you know i I had you know three degrees in physics and mathematics and my specialty for my master's degrees and and stuff was in signal processing so i i was familiar with with data processing and and time series analysis like you know financial data is very similar like seismic data you know like when i was in the oil and gas industry for example i built a medium filter for one of the companies I was working for, which is very similar to um, simple moving average or things like that, just to smoothen the data. 
And so my key was before I wanted to do anything, before I wanted to put any money in my ideas, I wanted to backtest them. So when I started with um, that first strategy, I made some observations just watching Google every day and and I decided to test it out. You know, you, you can't just, you know, make some observations and, and go for that. I mean, I did that in the beginning and it, it doesn't work out, you know, because, you know, three months, one year of observations is nothing. I mean, you could just you know, markets will change and then you, your, your money will go under with it. So, so yeah, I think that was the key for me. I, I wanted data, I wanted evidence right from the get-go and to base my results on. So I think that was the key differentiator for me. Yeah. Okay, and, and I suppose what, why, why did you, did you ever sort of consider or get into, think, think about manual trading and I suppose why, the question I've got for you is why you didn't, go down the route of like you know i'm just going to place a trade and see what happens you seem very sort of logical um, i um i i think it's is lack of confidence i think you know when you are trading um when you are trading like that, manual trading, it's really, you're not trading, you're speculating. So, for example, you know, say you're playing a game of dice and you're throwing a dice, you can, or you just, let's make it simpler, let's just say you're flipping a coin. If you flip a coin, you can never ever know whether it's going to land heads or tails, the one, the one flip. But you can, if you know that the coin is not balanced, know that if you keep doing it over and over and over again, right, that you're going to get 50%, approximately 50% of them heads and 50%, 50% of them tails, right? And this is the way casinos make billions and billions of dollars. Why? Because they know they have an edge in the game and they know, sure, the gambler might win one hand or there'll be a lucky winner who goes home with a million dollars, but over time, and over all the gamblers who come in my casino, you know, I'm going to come ahead as the casino owner because I know I have an edge. And so... I think I was aware of that, and I wanted to make sure I have an edge. And, and I don't know if I have an edge um, unless I, I backtest it and I quantify it, you know. And the, the thing is, you know, I read somewhere one time is you plan your trade and trade your plan, you know. And I think this is the problem, they say, with, with a lot of traders, manual traders, is that, you know, they go in with one idea and then the market goes against them and then they try and change it. And, well, you're not trading the, the, the strategy then, right? You're trying to guess what the market is going to do. And so you want to trade a strategy, whether you're a manual trader or a quantitative trader. And for you to have confidence in their strategy, um, you need to be able to have backtesting. And by backtesting, I mean not one month and three months. Like I said, it has to be 10 years. It has to be solid. And you, your confidence comes from that backtesting. If you really understand what you're doing, if you really understand, then you stick with it when things work against you, right? And the nice thing about quantitative trading and the approach I take is that all that psychological preparation is done in advance. So it's like essentially... Taking an exam, I, I used to have a physics teacher who once said, when, you, when you're in an exam, you don't want to make, be making choices. You want to have made all the decisions in the, in, a priori uh, beforehand, and then when you do the exam, you just go and do it. And it's the same thing with, uh, you know, uh, whether you're taking a penalty kick or whether you're trading. You know, uh, if you're taking a penalty kick, you say, oh, which way shall I go? I mean, you... You go in there with a the plan and you execute and if the keeper gets it, he gets it. But it's the same thing with the trading. 
you go in there with a strategy that you believe will make money over time and if the market goes against you in this way then so be it you know because you still believe the confidence you still believe that this can happen and and so you you're not surprised you know so that I think I, I, I like the quantitative approach better. I mean, I think it's easier to have the quantitative approach than to be a manual trader because you, you're distant. I mean, sure, I, I check my trades during the day every once in a while and I see what the market is doing, and but I don't touch them. You know, I don't because you can never a single trade and the market is random like from trade to trade and so you don't know how it's going to go. Like, Look at it today. It went down, it went up, then went down, it went up again, right? So what do you do? Like, how do you trade that? So, yeah. Okay, and so so I suppose with that comes, I suppose, a degree, because I'm thinking, like, you know, a lot of manual traders out there, they, they can't they necessarily go back in history and make sure they don't make any mistakes and do 10 years of data on, for example, like a, a you know, five-minute time frame or something like that or a, or a low, lower time frame. I mean, how do, right. how, how do market sort of fundamentals come into play or the theory behind the strategy that you come up with? I mean, how did you educate yourself on theories that that you decided were sound? Um, well, I think, you know, I think uh, based on experience, like I mentioned before, like, you know, some some stuff with stocks. I, I think also, you know, like you say, you learn more from your mistakes than than you learn from your successes. Like, for example, I spent quite a bit of time trying to develop strategies for gold futures and for other commodity markets, which are random. And then I realized, you know, the, the, there's no bias here compared to, let's say, the, the indices. And so, you start to understand, have a better understanding why your strategies that work, why they actually do work, right? When they fail, um, it, it teaches you. It teaches you when when things are good, why they are good. So that's that's how I went. I mean, if it comes to manual trader, there are tools out there. I mean, there's there's you know besides trade station, and this is what surprises me too. Like I I know people who are very familiar with TradeStation and multi-charts and, and easy language, and they can use these resources, but they don't. You know, they, they simply want to do it by hand, and I, I don't understand it because if you, you know, it takes you, I don't know, maybe a couple of hours to write a simple strategy, a simple program, and then you can test it over such a long period of time, whereas, like you're saying, if you try and do it by hand, it would take forever. And I have tested strategies by hand when I was looking into options, and it's a nightmare because... A, it's so time-consuming, and B, I mean, you make mistakes too because you get bored and you get distracted and you might not do the the things right. So, you know, whereas with with quantified and programming, you don't have that. I mean, sure, you make mistakes in your programming, but you can uh, do quality control and stuff and, and weed those errors out, whereas with manual trading, you have to do them one by one. So, but besides that, I, I actually, one recent website that I came across that, and I'm not related to them at all, but I found it very interesting. It's called Market Volume, and they essentially let you very simply to take a any indicator you want or you're familiar with and test it and test different parameters with a couple of clicks of a button. So there's no programming or nothing. And I think for some somebody who's a manual trader, this would be a very, very helpful tool, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, to do. I don't think I've heard of that before. Market volume. Okay, guys, check that out. No, I haven't heard. I haven't heard of it either till till like last week. Wow. So yeah. Oh, cool. 
Sounds, yeah. sounds fascinating. I'll yeah. go and check it out afterwards. Now, um, I suppose, what, what's your recommendation for a retail trader who's got a day job? How can they, what are the steps they can take to start earning income in this industry? Well, I, I think the, the first question I would say is like, what do they mean by income? You know, because sure, I mean, the tax man considers what I do as income because I'm not holding it over a long period of time. So I have to report everything as income. But ultimately, you know, I still have to compare what I'm doing or whatever strategy I have to the benchmark, which is simply is a simple buy and hold in, let's say, for example, a simple buy and hold in the S&P 500, right? So my risk-reward ratio has to be much better than the just simply buy and hold in the S&P 500 to justify um, me be spending time and effort in anything, right? So, so that's the first thing. The second thing is my first, to the to the interested party. I would say be careful because this business is very hard business. I mean, I've been doing research for seven years now, and 99% of the time the strategies don't work. Most of the stuff I try doesn't work, right? And it's very very hard to find something that works. So. So if you're interested in making this as an income, um, maybe the, the first thing you should do is you should check what's out there and not try to reinvent the wheel. Is there something that you can adapt and make your own? You know, I mean, in terms of income, there is opportunity with futures. Why? Why is it? Do I look at it as income? Why? Because you can look at it as a business, take because of the leverage that futures offers, right, you can take $10,000 and possibly make $5,000 a year off it. Now, of course, you could lose $5,000 a year or you could lose $10,000. But if, if you want to talk about income, I think it offers that opportunity, right? So, uh, but that's what I would say. I would say do your homework and um, don't, don't spin your wheels and try and, and backtest everything and, and see where you, where you are, you know. Cool. Good advice. So, so what about um, technical versus fundamental? I mean, do you do you investigate fundamental news and and other things that affect your strategies, or are you purely price based? Or um, no, I, uh, I I do have in my stock trading, I do have some a combination of technical and and fundamentals. Everything else is is technical. I mean, when I started out, uh, like I mentioned before, I followed the Warren Buffett approach, so. So it was more fundamental. I didn't really look, oh, well, I maybe looked at the chart a little bit and decided if it was a good time to go in. But in terms of, you know, fundamental, I think the the three main things that um, a trader, even a manual trader, uh, should look at are, one is the market cap, because, um, you know, um, a very $100 million stock will behave very differently than a $1 billion stock. Uh, so that's that's the main thing. And the second, if you're looking at value investing, of course, the uh, price-to-book ratio and then uh, the current ratio. Those are the things I used to look at when I did fundamental stuff. And in terms of technical, like I mentioned before, I mean, the most important thing, I think, is volatility. Because if the market is not moving, then you're probably not going to make any money. And the, the other two things, I like to look at uh, always the three-month and the six-month chart to see where the market is at. And then uh, another thing, if you're trading stocks and there are some strategies around that is uh, overnight gaps, right? Because stocks tend to gap overnight and, I mean, futures less so because they trade around the clock. But those are some of the things I would I would consider. Cool. And what about technicals? I mean, when you're looking at a, a price chart, are you using indicators? Basically, what sort of three things would you recommend 
a trader educate themselves on to around the technicals? I think they can they can use whatever they're comfortable with. I mean, uh, they can use. Um, you know, I know people, for example, I know people who trade uh, the pound yen and uh, they make good money of it. And some, some one of them uses the simple Bollinger Bands uh, on different time scales, and another one uses just price action. So they look at the charts and they determine what the, the chart is doing. So I think you can, whatever you're comfortable with, you know, I mean, the key is to observe the chart over day in, day out, day in, day out. And then you start noticing things that, you know, kind of resonate with you. And so... Yeah, whatever, whatever you 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 think is is best. But I, I guess one thing that I would like to add is, if it comes to technical indicators, what you need to remember always is that technical indicators are derived from the chart. So, technical indicator essentially is just a simplification of the price action, right? And it's not the other way around because sometimes you see articles or people say, oh. There was a death cross, or there was this, and there was that, and it's as if the chart is following the indicator, whereas it's the other way around. The indicator is derived from the chart, and it's just a simplification of the chart. So it's essentially an indicator. All it allows you to do is hone on a particular property of the chart. So, yeah, so don't don't get caught up in that. So, so where, where do you typically get your strategy ideas from? Oh, I, I get my strategy ideas from from everywhere. You know, I, I like to see what other people are doing and and uh, try and maybe build on that. And but I mean, a lot of the stuff is very well established, like in terms of momentum ideas, breakout ideas, or uh, value investing. I mean, these are the classical stuff. But I, some of the other ideas I get are more just from observing the charts day in, day out, and, and noticing patterns, noticing behaviors, you know. But, I mean, you, one doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, there have been technical trainings for, for, like, decades and decades now. So I think there's a lot of information out there. I mean, a lot of it is useless, too, but, but you know, and that's helpful as well. I mean, if you see something and it's there and it's not worth a thing, then you don't have to spend your time trying to discover it again, all over again. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's get jump into the technical round here. We've got nine quick fire questions that we're going to run through here uh, to sure. help the listeners really understand what it takes to get to the point where you got to, um, where you are now. So, how long did it take you to go from a trading newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, oh, a couple of years. I lost money in the first couple of years, and then I I made a rally. Yeah, I I think the the key is it seems to be the lack of the draw, but which is is understandable. You know, if you find a system, traders, this is a mistake beginner traders make, which is probably what I made too. Is you find a strategy that is doing well over the past year or two, and and then you go in, and then all of a sudden it's, it's not doing well. And it this is like I I'm a big fan of the book like Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Ackerman. Um, who, who is a, a, war, a Nobel Prize winning author, anyways, he's a psychologist, and he talks a lot about the principle of mean reversion, right? Like if a golfer hits like very, very good score on the first day, probably the second day is going to be worse, right? And, so, and it's the same thing with the market. If you have a strategy that has done extremely well last year, then probably this year is not going to do as well, right? Because the market conditions are going to change. And, and so you probably want to look at a strategy that has a very good long-term record, but it's kind of in a bit of a slump right now, and that's probably a good time to enter, right? Yeah, interesting. So what's your favorite entry setup? 
my I'm I'm more most of my setups are mean reversion. So essentially, by the fear, sell the greed. Uh, so when everybody is running for the doors, I I see if I can is there's an opportunity to buy. Yeah, that's that's me. I'm a contra contra trend, I suppose, uh, kind of trader. Most of them. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Uh, well, this, this is a, actually I like this question because when I, especially when I talk to manual traders or when I, you read literature, they talk a lot about these fancy exits like or like or you scale in or scale out or like take half your position out and 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 then like do a trailing stop or the other end. And from what well, I tested a, li- a little bit of these. And I was not happy with the results. I mean, what I do is I have a simple entry and simple exit. So I put in all my capital right at the get-go and I exit all at the get-go. I mean, now the difference is sometimes I have a hard stop. Like, for example, I don't know, it goes up by 1% or down by 1%. And sometimes I have a more active type of exit where you have, let's say, greater than the moving average or the, the indicator goes above or below a certain value. But that's it. I think it's very important uh, to keep your exits and entries clean and, and not try and complicate matters because then you're introducing variables and it's very hard. For, for what I tested, uh, first it's very hard to know if you have a bias or not, if you're overfitting. And from what I tested, it's, it doesn't pay to do all this fancy trickery. You know, um, It's better to be straight in than straight out. What's your recommended trading book? Oh, I like, um, the one I like the most is by Jack Schwager on Futures. It's called Jack Schwager Technical Analysis. Uh, it's, it's called tec- Jack Schwager on Futures Technical Analysis. But I know it says it's about futures, but it's, it's in, about technical analysis in general. And I like it. I like it a lot because it has a very good overview of all the different technical stuff out there. And he's very forthright. He even gives a couple of strategies. And I came across the book just after I had finished writing my book. So, but, but I found that most of our ideas are the same and we have the same kind of philosophy and risk and this kind of approach to trading. So I recommend that book. If there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it? Um, I, would, I would say, probably it's not a surprise, but I would say backtesting. So try and master backtesting. Whatever platform you do, whatever method you use, because I don't think you can, you should be trading unless you have mastered backtesting, you know. And that that's, includes everything, including the pitfalls, like curve fitting, everything like that. So, yeah, yeah. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? Well, I use whatever and, and whenever it's convenient for me. I mean, it depends. You know, some brokers, it seems like nothing has everything. Some brokers, for example, have a fixed cost ratio or fixed commission structure, rather. So they're better off for, like, small penny stocks or, or like, not very, not small price stocks, rather. And some of them have better technologies than others, but I like interactive brokers a lot. I mean, they have their downsides, but I like them because, first of all, they have an API that I can hook directly to my Excel spreadsheet and use them uh, to to place orders automatically. So I like interactive brokers. Uh, They're very technical and sophisticated, and the commission structure is is pretty good if you're buying... um, you know, not, if you're not buying like 100,000 shares and then you want probably a fixed uh, fixed commission broker. But I like I like interactive brokers. 
What's the worst trade you've ever had? <laughs> I think there have been too many I can remember, you know. I mean, it, it, you can't be in trading unless you're going to take some hits. But um, I think the worst one is, like I said, when I tried options and I was a little bit over my head and it wasn't a quantitative strategy and I learned a pricing lesson is like, this is not for me, I shouldn't be dabbling in this. So, But, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think too many to remember is what I would say. <laughs> okay. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, I, I think it would be this uh, the same thing with backtest everything before you try it. You know, I think that's the simple thing. And then, and then the second one would be don't try to invent the wheel. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Michael. Well, look, we got the last question of the show here. So we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy. So entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame, basically something our listeners can have a play with at home this week. Right. Uh, I think the, the simplest um, strategy I could recommend, which is um, – I, I think has a, should have a good um, success ratio is a mean reversion strategy. And so I would say just use the Bollinger Band. You can take the standard Bollinger Band and you can use it on any time frame you want and just uh, tell, play around with some criteria. Say when it hits the lower Bollinger Band, you enter and you set a stop loss. And then when it hits uh, either the middle or the higher Bollinger Band, you can use the, I think it's called Delta B, which essentially quantifies the the where the price is within the Bollinger Band. So if it's below a Delta B, you enter and you have a stop. And then if it rises above a Delta B, you exit. And the nice thing about it is a simple um, value investing strategy and you can use it on any market and on any uh, time frame. So, yeah. Nice. Brilliant. Okay, so before we wrap up, what's the best way for my listeners to get hold of you? Uh, It's through my website, which is quantopolis.com. And, uh, yeah, there's everything on there. There's a contact form. There's links to my book. There's uh, the strategies I have available for third parties. There's everything on there. So, yeah, to the contact form on quantopolis.com. Okay, big thank you to Michael for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Michael in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. So there we are, folks. That's the interview with Michael. Hopefully you took notes. Now, if you didn't, then you want to see the strategy you mentioned at the end of the show, jump over to tradingnut.com, leave your email, and uh, you'll find out where to leave it. It's actually at the bottom of the show notes. Leave your email and you'll get access to that. In actual fact, I've elaborated on the strategy a little bit more after doing my own analysis, so you're going to get that additional information as well. Worthwhile checking out, even if you do think you know how the strategy works. I've done a little bit more work to make sure that you've got something quite more robust. Let's say more robust. All right, so folks, uh, the other thing to do is check out the Traders Robot Traders Club. Check out the Robot Traders Club. It's at an extremely low price. It won't be there forever, and you've got a great bonus, which also won't be there forever as well, where you can get two free sessions with my trading mentor, Andre Stewart, and... By the end of it, trust me, you'll notice how simple your trading can become. He's going to help you diagnose your trading issues and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So, um, guys, all you need to do is sign up as a trading, sorry, Robot Traders, Trading Nut Robot Traders Club member just to try it out. You only need to try it out. And then um, you also get those robots every single month coming off the conveyor belt. 
And trust me, one of these robots is going to fly and you also get access to the chat room and then obviously those two sessions with Andre as well. So guys, head over there, tradingnut.com, link in the show notes. Until next week, have a great trading week.